Hello and welcome to You Don't Know Lit. My name is Nick Argyris and this week I'm looking for the best Newberry Book Award winner. <laughs> spoken again, spoken like someone who knows exactly what the Newberry Medal is. And to help me are two people who know what the Newberry Award is <laughs> and <laughs> high school English teachers, Ian and Joe. Absolutely. Nick, my name is Joe Holshue. I totally know what a Newberry medal is. Um, They were on my books when I was a kid in the library and the library would be like, you should read this one. It has a Newberry medal. Uh, I'm a high school English teacher. Those two things might be related to each other. That feels like it might be my origin story. And Nick, if you're looking for a Newberry medal winner, I brought the winner from 1997 the book written in 1996, The View from Saturday, the second book that I've brought from E.L. Quingsburg. I actually have no idea how to say their last name. I assume it's like, boing. That's uh, that's the best assumption. Hey, Joe's uh, um, some high energy today, huh? (laughs) I can can bring it down. Hello, Nick. Hello, Joe. Hello, Litheads to the South. Hello, Litheads to the North. Hello, Litheads to the East. And then hello again to the ones in the north. If you want a Newberry Medal winner, I've got a great one for you. Published in 2000, winning in 2001, I brought Richard Peck's A Year Down Yonder. It is about shot, count them with me, shotguns, shotguns. two two booze, three scandalous mural painters, four coming of age, and five, a scary grandma. May your earlobes turn into assholes and shit on your shoulders. Hey, the plot doesn't fucking matter at all. This is what I think it's about. If you look closely <laughs> enough, every author was at some point a racist. Audiobooks don't count, right? All art is quite useless. <laughs> who, who told you that? Fun fact, that is how Joe laughs. <laughs>, 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 <laughs> Okay. Children's literature. What's what's the age range here? 18? 17? Keep or is going. it more like 13? Keep going. 20. Nope. I um I think my book is probably I think you would call my book a, like a middle grade book is what I think you would call it. Um probably for 5th 6th graders. 4th 5th 6th graders would be my readers. Yeah, I mean, I it's hard to say, but I would I would guess my book you call my book a chapter book. It's like a chapter <laughs> book. You know, like you that's yeah. a thing, right? Of course. It's a chapter book. It's a big deal when you read chapter books for the first it time. It is. It yes. is. Like this is not like I don't know. It's it's hard to deduce precise there are no they're not really pictures, but the also the the type is a little bit larger than usual and there's nice space between the lines. So I, I would say this is yeah, maybe a little little of the middle grade, but but it's not like YA. It's not like so. It's good for children and the elderly. Yeah, it's great. Large hey, print, I bet you, short I bet you the elderly would love new. This is actually interesting. So I did some of my, some <laughs> of my research on uh, the Newberry Medal. Is that uh, said that um, some folks kind of uh, condemn the medal as the books that grownups think are the you best for it. children, yes. as opposed to the books that children think are the best for children. And I think mm-hmm. that's a really interesting, I'd never really thought of that, but like, I don't know that like a teen choice awards is the best way to do, you know, the most prestigious um, award book award. And, but I don't know. So this is like parents making memes or something like, it's a little bit like parents making memes in that. It's not at all like that. 
Uh, folks, I would like to go ahead and just, um, as is tradition, I'd like to go ahead and spoil today's Wordle. Oh, it is yes. the it is the numeral six. I'm not sure how <laughs> they made that work with wild. They've done the it word again. six is three letters. The numeral is just one numeral, but somehow that is the correct answer. So if you haven't done your wordle yet today, go ahead and enter that six, and it might take you a few tries. <laughs> Thank you once again. <laughs> You know, I have a student in one of my classes that every time he logs into a public computer at the school, he goes to wordle.com. He types in the correct answer for the day so that if anybody else uses that computer for wordle, it's oh, there. That's so brutal. It, it is. It's funny. Like, he, yeah, he's being a dick, but it's pretty funny. So I allow it to happen. <laughs> you dick by proxy. Uh-huh. I think it would be good if we get some background on the Newberry. Is that okay? I what, love that. What? Who's John Newberry? Uh, I don't care. Uh, I don't think that, that, that's that, that's not really what I'm interested in. So Let's here's start the at the beginning. I the brought, 1700s. John Newberry was born like a little. I brought a baby. context game. Oh, a context a game. Yeah, it's a pre it's a pre it's a pre show game because this is a game not about my my book or Joe's book, but about the Newberry as a cultural institution. Mm-hmm. And this game is called. I had two names, and I, I, you can choose Give which us one both. is better. The first name is low hanging fruit because it's making fun of old things. Mm-hmm. That's it's and berries are fruit. Hey, right. And second, my second one is old berry. Oh, <laughs> old berry. Okay. What was the first one again? Uh, low hanging fruit. I think I like old berry. We're going to call this game old berry. I like old They're berry. The way this right. works because it's the new berry, but we're going to talk about the books published in the first um, the first fifteen years of the Newberry Medal being given out. Wow. So it was first given out in twenty twenty two or nineteen twenty two, and um, uh, so we're gonna look at the first fifteen years. And Ooh, I wait, 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 wait! I what? just thought of a Hobbit fact. Oh, Hobbit uh, fact. Uh, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, I as as traditional, we'll bring your Hobbit fact today for today. Ian, as you know, Tom Bombadil uh, has a girlfriend. Her name is Goldberry. Okay. This, that's the that's, Hobbit fact for you. We might have to mute Thank Joe's you. mic here at some <laughs> point Joe. today. Joe's, Joe's energy is fluctuating wildly. Who cares? And Here's interruptively. Okay. <clears throat> Here's, Here's how this game works. Um, I'm going to read you some titles of books that uh, may or may not have been winners or honorees um, from um, the first 15 years because books have changed a lot over the last hundred years of the Newberry. Right. And um, so I'm going to read a title. They used to be printed on papyrus. Perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to read, read you a title and you will, you'll determine whether it's uh, a winner or an honor or something I made up um, to clarify the Newberry awards a medal every year which is the mm-hmm. best. It's is the it a number, real metal? It is. It's made out of bronze. It's a physical metal. That's great. Um, hmm. They put it on so every it, book. It awards a medal, the Newberry Medal. It also awards Newberry Honors, which are runners-up. You don't get the medal, but you get to you get to be honored, I guess, or something. <laughs> you get invited to the dinner. Something. <laughs> you, get, um, you, get to you, get 15, you get 15% off at Panera Bread uh, nice. for the next calendar month. So... If you think that the book title I'm reading out is a winner, you would say Metalberry. Yeah. And <laughs> if you think the book I'm reading out is an honors, a Newberry yeah. honors, you would say Honorberry. All right. And what was the first one again? Metalberry. Metalberry and Honorberry. Okay. And mm-hmm. if you think it's something I made up. Yeah. You, you made, would say fake made berry. Up, fake, fake berry. berry. Made up berry. Yeah. Fake, yeah. Berry. Yeah. Fake, fake berry. And the okay. winner of this, guys, guys, just to keep you kind of engaged in this. The winner of this uh, this competition gets a free Newberry pie. 
<laughs> now, where do they grow new berries? Is that are those from Georgia? They sound um, Scandinavian. Pr- primarily warm, warm, sandy warm, climates. Warm, sandy climates. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Scandinavia. So your Texas, your Georgia, Reno, Nevada, Reno, Nevada, Seattle, Washington. Hey, I think we should play this game. Let's play this game. Okay, I'm going to read you a read you a title, and you tell me if it's a winner, you say Metalberry. If it's on honors, you say Honorberry, and if it's fake, you say I like. Fakeberry. You think that we'll be able to distinguish. A hundred-year-old book between an <laughs> honor and a winner. Oh, this is an absolute Seems- crapshoot. It's mostly to get you guys saying okay. honor, saying the words honorberry and middleberry. Wants to extend this and game. Okay, p- please give us the first name. The cat who went to heaven. <laughs> Jesus Christ! That sounds a little too on the nose to be a metalberry. I'm going to say it's an honorberry. Uh, fake berry. <laughs> Neither of you is correct. This was the 1931 Metalberry. <sighs> it won uh, just as the Great Depression was beginning. All right. Here's oh, God. One. And people had to get rid of their cats. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the next one. The Pigtail of Ah Lee Ben Lu with 17 other laughable tales and 200 comical silhouettes. This sounds... This sounds problematic. Like Ali sounds Ben like Lu. A- is-, <laughs> is this a Dr. Seuss book? Mm, I'm going to say, I'm just going to stick with fake Barry. I think these are all fake. I think you're I think, a liar. Well, the first one was not, so I think that's a bad strategy. I think this is a metal Barry. I think this is another winner. Oh, I'm sorry. Neither of you are correct. Oh, this what? was what are the odds? This is an honor Barry. Oh my this God. is a runner up in 1929. Fun fact about uh, early honor berries. They weren't actually called Newberry honors. They were just called runners up. And then at some point they're like, let's stop calling them runners up. We're going to call them honors so this was a retroactive honor berry. All right, here's another one. We're going to call them honor berries, uh, said the panel. <laughs> here's another one. Queer person. Jesus. That's fake. That's a fake berry. No, Ian wouldn't say something like that. So it's got to be real. I know it's real. It's just the question of whether this is a winner or an honoree, which is both disturbing. Um, but... Did queer mean something different back then? Right. I of course, in 1920. So, yeah, yes. so you have to take that into consideration. Um, I'm going to say an honoree, honorberry. Yeah. Our first points. Oh, this is an yes. honorberry. Queer person tells a story of a deaf mute boy who is raised Suck it, Barry. Uh, among a nation <laughs> of Blackfeet Indians. So it, it actually sounds legit. Uh, I, I know nothing else about it besides that. Let's keep, I got a couple more here. Couple more roller skates. <laughs> uh, just what it's it called. sounds like he just made up. Let me guess. Nineteen seventy nine. <laughs> I think he just wanted to say the word roller skates. So I'm going to say <laughs> fake berry. I'm going to go ahead and say uh, metal berry. I need points. Okay. Oh, correct. Metalberry oh, from 1937. Wow. You're tied one to one. Wow. Uh, I can't is- believe roller skates are that old. I thought they were new, newest technology. I thought, <laughs> I thought roller skates were invented tech. in the 70s. <laughs> okay, two more. Um, gay neck, the story of a pigeon. <laughs> God, I hope it's a winterberry. Winterberry. Winterberry, <laughs> please. Uh, honorberry. Nick is correct. This is a metalberry from 1928. And it actually happens to be the first the first uh, Newberry Award not won by a white dude. Um, this was won by Don Gopal Mukherjee, the first Indian American winner. So good for him. Uh, it apparently is quite a, quite an excellent story. It's about a pigeon whose name is Gaynak. Um, last but not least, Scaramouche and the Underground Pirates. 
Oh, that's a winter bear. That bo- that sounds awesome. Skarmouche and the underground pirates. Sounds fake to me. Fake berry. Oh, wow. Nick, you're on a roll. Oh, you win what? three to one. This is a fake oh, berry God, a made up by map. me in 2022. Though, yes, I would also love to read Skarmouche and the underground pirates. Perhaps yeah. after too many butlers wraps up, we can move on to, oh, to our pirate book. Once we get our canonical, our, uh, you know, we book, go through we our, our butler phase, book. our pirate phase. Yeah, right. exactly. So uh, in some, there is a long and colorful history of uh, horrifying and confusing and weird names of titles of books um, that one. I think we learned a lot. Honored we learned a lot. And, yeah, we learned a lot. And now we're ready to talk about Newberry books. Well, welcome, Litheads, to You Don't Know Lit, a weekly, or as we call it, Strongly Podcast. Strongly podcast? Or we're, as we call it, Strongberry Podcast. Strongberry Podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you, Ian. Um, Ian, are you eating right now a bowl of berries in honor <laughs> of the Newberry episode? Berries and cream. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> really Christ. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that's a really funny reference. Thank you that's, for that. That might be like that's more recent than a lot of the references that we make, but it might it's somehow more recent than many of them and think more that, out of date than all of them. That reference deserves an honor, Barry. Thank you, Ian. <laughs> Where every week we pick a theme and Ian and Joe bring book recommendations. And just to piss one of them off, we have a winner and to decide who should win we have some show rules to keep us on track rule number one only unavoidable spoilers gentlemen okay don't okay okay don't i agree don't smash the berry as they call it mm-hmm. rule number two omit needless berries <laughs> and rule number three only berries matter <laughs> um that's um, stupid. Okay, can you? It's good to be. That's on not brand. a bad thing. It's not oh. <laughs> being stupid. There are worse things than being stupid. It's pretty much our stock and trade here, anyway. Yeah. Can I say something? Yeah, I think I think being smart is it's too valued in society. Oh. I don't think it's really. I think it's too valued. Well, we gotta be the smartest. No, it's maybe just be nice. You know, that's I think that's important. There's a movie quote. I don't remember what it's from. Um, one the of movie you or the this. quote. No, the quote, the quote, but the, the quote is like, is like, hey, in this life, you can either be oh so smart or oh so pleasant. I've tried being smart. Now I'm going to try pleasant. <laughs> um, Joe, do you want to take 30 seconds and tell me what your book is about? I would absolutely love to. Middle school teacher Ava Marie Olinsky returns to teaching after an accident leaves her paraplegic. She chooses four sixth graders, Ethan, Noah, Nadia, and Julian, to form a group they call the Souls to represent her class in the Academic Bowl competition. They climb their way up the Academic Bowl ladder and, well, you'll have to read it to see what happens next. They also help their teacher live a happier life after, you know, stuff like that. After, hold on. What kind well, of stuff? I don't want to. I don't want to spoil okay. anything. It's just they, they help the, her get happier. That's okay. It. Get her get happy. Okay, that's good. She, they help her get happy. Now you say the academic bowl ladder. I have a lot of questions about academic bowls. Okay, but well I you guess the don't get one to is, ask is, questions. Oh, that's well. Really, you have to tell me about your book and only about <laughs> your book. What if I take thirty seconds to just ask questions of Joe? The year is nineteen thirty-seven. <laughs> the Great Depression is at its lowest point. Mary Alice Dowdle has been sent from her home in Chicago to live with her grandmother in rural Illinois. Will this city girl learn to make do in the down-home corn-pone rough and tumble of rural Illinois? Spoiler: Yes, she will. 
Richard Peck's A Year Down Yonder is the book I brought. It is 130 pages long. Ooh. Oh, mine's also really short. Also 130 pages, actually, I think. It's so. perfect length. Yeah. Maybe that's how they judge it. Maybe that's how they judge oh, it. Oh, the secret. We have shadow rules this week, of course. It's All books, algorithm. 130 pages. Lovely. Well, these both sound adequate. Um, Joe. <laughs> yes. Hey, we, we haven't said, sorry, before we get to adequate, this is a uh, Lithead suggestion. Oh, um, yes. true to our, true to our promise. We are, we are getting to your, your suggestions. This theme was suggested by Jeanette Oxner. Um, and she also suggested we look at a, a bunch of other Newberry books throughout the year, um, in honor of the, the year and such. Um, and I am, I am open to that be, for reasons that I'll talk about when it's my turn. Ian, it's your turn. You talk about it oh, now. Oh, Ian, Ian just took it from me. That's ridiculous. He heard my name said, and then he's like, ah, allow me to interject hey, Yeah. <laughs> Which is okay. weird because we normally don't interrupt each other. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We, do we have to expand our minds here? Are we, no. are we about to hear some kids' books that we're probably not going to read? No, this is... This is I, I, okay, so I, as I was reading this, I promise I'll get to my book. Why should we give a shit about my these book books, in gentlemen? Here's the thing. Yeah, here's why, okay? Young adult lit is fun because it's familiar, and I think that familiarity is is really, really pleasant. Like... I would love to read, to, to, to share this book with my child when he's older. I would love to share probably Joe's book or the mixed up tales of Mr. F Mrs. Frank and E. Furter with my child when he's older. Like these are things that, that are delightful. As I was reading this book, I was just like, Hey, this is, I mean, it's a, a little bit like there's poverty, but it's not a downer. It's pleasant. It, it's it's enjoy it's good it's fun it's good clean fun and good, clean good fun. fun poverty okay so here's the thing you remember back in the mists of time i brought a book for fitness week about a hiking granny granny gatewood's walk I remember, remember that, that granny book? gateway appalachian trail yeah. yeah appalachian trail well good news folks i brought another granny book this week <laughs> <laughs> how is granny books not a theme it should be whereas whereas um granny gatewood's walk is about hiking granny this is, we could say, maybe survivalist granny. Um, <laughs> okay. And she is hands down the most wonderful thing in this story. Does she have a buck knife? Oh, mm. you know, she, ha she has. Yes, of course. Right. She has a single shot 22 pistol that Great. she uses to kill Pew! foxes. Um, it's pretty good with a pistol. So, so granny, the granny in the story, like the, the story begins. Sly. The, the story begins with um, our kind of main character, point of view character, um, Mary Alice. She's a 15 year old girl. Uh, it's the Great Depression. Her family is too poor to like to 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 like take care of her anymore. So she has to go live with her grandmother. They live in Chicago, but the grandmother lives in rural Illinois. It's never said exactly where. Um, it's just like any rural town. You know, it's got you got your you got your farmers. You got your kind of small town. Got vibes, your gas you got your rednecks. You got your, you know, the family that everyone kind of mocks because they live on the edge of town and they're always in jail. Mm -hmm. Are there train tracks anywhere? You know there's train oh, tracks. Right, right, so right. Many and tracks. the phrase, the phrase, I didn't come to the these this side of the tracks is used unironically <laughs> wow, in yeah. this book. Called it. So there's a lot of stuff in this book, um, kind of with the town and, and with with Mary Alice growing up. It's a it, I guess you could say it's a little bit of a buildings roman mixed with a slice of life. Ooh, but and a little city's book. <laughs> and a little small town. <laughs> the the best the the best thing about this book is um granny dowdle she's she's the grandmother and she is is she our main character Nah, she i would say she she's is a, the draw she's the focus she's the she is the magnetic she is the magnetic pole 
towards which we are drawn in this book because our main character, Mary Alice, a 15 year old kind of um, the character, the, the, the point of view character you identify with, but granny Dowdle is really it. Like she is. So she is, first of all, she's an outcast. Everyone in this town thinks she is gross and scary. Um, they, 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 they kind of, they kind of quail. They kind of shrink when she shows up. Okay. Um, including our main character, Mary Alice. They're just calling it like they see it, though. Sounds everyone like. says. I mean, she's tall, she's big, she's imposing. Everyone's like, "Ooh, Granny Dowdle." But at the same time, they respect her because in a time when you have to try really hard not to die of starvation because it's the Great Depression, <laughs> uh, uh, she is succeeding at not dying of starvation. She is living, um, thriving. Despite, yeah, well, with, with her buck yeah. knife and her deer. Skins. I wouldn't go so far as to say thriving, but. Okay. Is she surviving? Yeah, she's she's getting by. She's getting by. Joe, do you have the, any other words that rhyme? Mm, uh, thriving, surviving, conniving. Is she, is con- she conniving oh, at all? So that that gets, gets me to gets my me next to my characteristic next of Granny Dowdle. <laughs> she is resourceful. Oh, got it. Right. One time, she's got to get some pecans. Mm, pecans. Because her neighbor has said, you can have any pecans that you're on the ground. She goes over there. Her neighbor has picked up all the pecans. Oh, that. So-and-so. Yeah, so she looks around, and she sees a tractor in the shed. Can she drive a tractor? She can't. Does she still get on the tractor and crash it into the tree to knock a bunch of pet pecans loose? You bet she does. Love that. Love that. She makes a Christmas... Yeah, she's resourceful. Christmas pageant halo out of bailing wire. She cuts stars out of tin cans. What? She sounds destructive. No wonder the town hates her. (laughs) Like a menace (laughs) to the town. (laughs) There are Halloween pranksters who are going around and knocking over people's outhouses and she traps them using twine and homemade glue. Um, she, I'm, I'm sorry. She how is she most... not the main character? Who's the main character? She sounds amazing. What's the this main book character? about? Hey, before you just keep listing things that an old woman in a small town does, what is this book about? Is this about? I told you. And she's not the it's main character. It's a slice of life. Listen, it's a okay. slice so, of life. Girl so Mary, goes from Mary Chicago Alice, to live with her grandma. Okay. Mary Alice goes here and she's like, oh boy, I got to live with grandma. And basically the, the, the arc of the story, what is as much her? as there is an arc. What's that? Did she call her something? Mima. She calls, Mama. she calls, Mama? she calls her grandma. May, Mammy. She calls her grandma. No, Gram- she doesn't call her any of those She, she calls her grandma and she starts off being like, oh man, this is going to be horrible. Um, this is <laughs> disgusting. I don't want to live with this woman. And by the end of the story, it's going to be a disgusting berry. <laughs> she's a disgusting berry. By the end of the story, Mary Alice loves her grandmother has come Aww. around on grandma yes. that's sweet yeah. grandmas are the best yeah grandmas are the best okay i'm gonna tell you about some other things some other resourceful things that grandma does because this is important to set up my last characteristic which we'll get to okay here's the thing she watches foxes and traps them. Yeah. And then goes out in the middle of the night and shoots them. Oh. And takes their pelts and sells their pelts. Well, and yeah. makes money. Different time. Um, there is a. Well, I, I would also, I would like to point out that people still do that. Yeah. I mean, I mean yes, oh, it's a different sure. time, but people also still do that. There is a fundraiser for the VA and there's a big pot of stew that everyone can get some stew for their meal. And so gra- grandma shows up. She's not part of this, but she shows up and she kind of bullies her way into the position of money taker for the stew. And what she does is everyone who comes up and says, Hey, it, it stews a dime. Somebody, somebody gives her a quarter. She's like, thank you. Puts it in her pocket. 
the guy's like, I'll like take some change for that. And she's like, I can't change a quarter. Next. Next guy comes up. <laughs> he gives her, gives her two, gives her 50 cents, a 50 cent piece. That's for two. She's two, two, uh, two um, mugs of stew. I'll take 30 cents and change. I can't change a 50 cent piece. Sorry. And then the banker shows up and she says, are you gonna, you're giving me a dime? You could do $5. You're the richest man in town. And everyone's staring at her, at him until he finally pays up and gives her a dollar. So she does all this very kind of like she is a survivor. She's this force of nature. Um, you can't look away. She's she, a hustler. She draws she sounds attention. like some hustle. Yeah, she's a hustler. She's a she's a a bit of a a bit of a not a con artist, but a she 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 she's very it good at talking her like way. Into this is how this is like you remember your grandparents, right? <laughs> like a character a characterized, yes. you know, like a caricature, like a caricature larger than life, right? Yeah. Larger than life, mm-hmm. awesome person you know, embellished, right? Mythic. 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 Yes. Yeah. And, and I think this is, that's a really astute observation because she, she like some of us kind of remember our grandparents only in like the positive lights. Like, Oh, my grandpa was like perfect. Like not perfect, but like he, he was great. He was awesome. We'd go fishing. He taught me so much. Some of us remember grandparents in, in a much more negative light. Like they were smelly. Um, they oh, always well, said they're, they're were, all smelly. Like, let's just establish that. that. They all smell like something. Just just a little interesting. Did they get into (laughs) cheek pinching at all? Does she? Mm -hmm. How many? No, she is not not a cheek pincher. And this this ties into my last characteristic of (laughs) Granny Daddle. All right. Which is that she is unexpectedly decent. She is a decent person. So she's introduced. She's kind of set up as this grouchy rough scary kind of kind of disgusting kind of kind of um kind of terrifying figure and even though she is definitely all of that like she this the book doesn't soft battles like oh she was secretly actually really nice no she is grouchy and she <laughs> is like going into people's she's like hey i want to make a uh, pumpkin pie i'll just go take some pumpkins from these people in the middle of the night i'll leave a pie on their doorstep as payment but i'm gonna take their pumpkins yeah, um, she's doesn't sound like she likes rules. It, she's definitely she would not <laughs> like the three rules of this podcast. Yeah, um, no. or the shadow rules. So even though she's so kind of grouchy and rough, she's also really kind of low key kind. So she, I told you, she makes a halo for a Christmas pageant out of bailing wire and tin can stars. She does this because she knows that her granddaughter wants to upstage the local mean girl on the, oh. at the Christmas pageant. All that horrifying, horrifying, like trapping and killing of foxes. She sells those pelts and then uses the money to buy shoes for Mary Alice. All the hustling she does to get the money out of the rich guys. She does that in order to support the mother of this veteran from World War One, who is like he was gassed. He's shell shocked. He's got all this stuff that's kind of um, left him disabled. So. In a lot of kind of stories like this, the arch, it, the arc, sorry, goes from grouchy person becomes soft. Yeah. Grouchy to softy. Granny Dowdle is never soft. She is a grouch to the very, very end of the story. But we get to the point where we kind of understand her the way Mary Alice does. And we understand her grouchiness. We understand that underneath there is 
a truly kind person. And that leads me to kind of the awesome overt message of the story. Mm-hmm. Finally, people, <laughs> people are more than they seem. Appearances can be deceiving. It's kind of simple, but this is a, this is a children's it's, book. It's we've a book for kids. Yeah, what do you we've want? established it. It's got to be a little simple. Kids, yeah. are, kids are dummies. Right? They don't know anything. <laughs> kids are dummies, but kids will also look at it like a big scary person and be like, oh, they must be evil. Right. Right. Like Professor and, and this is like, hey, maybe your grandma stinks. Maybe she one time fired a shotgun into a coffin. Maybe she kills she's animals the- in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But every night she's doing it so that Skinning. you can have shoes that don't leak in the snowy winter. So. So maybe you should be grateful. So, so yeah, be grateful, you little shit. <laughs> How about you go back to your parents in Chicago and starve? Wanna, what do you uh, think? Let's see. Do you want to kill those foxes? You yeah. can kill those foxes if you're so high and mighty. Are you ready to prepare a delicious pumpkin pie? No. A, a delicious Newberry pie? You probably can't even make so. toast. God, I hate kids. No, um, they're the worse. They can't do anything. <laughs> they're unemployable. Unemployable. And therefore As useless. It should be. <laughs> As it should be. <laughs> Depends where you go. Lidheads, uh, <laughs> lidheads, we don't often put out uh, uh, calls to the audience, but we just want to say, if you're thinking about uh, employing a kid or, right. or voting don't for someone it. who makes it legal for to employ kids, uh, don't just don't now. just don't. No, they, they're not. Um, they're not workers. They're right. bad at working. Have you ever seen them work? They're terrible at it. Nick, this this is um, this episode's been fine so far, but it seems a little bit surface level. I think we can dig deeper. Yeah, real deep. Let's, let's how deep? Well, the soul is that deep enough for you, Ian? <laughs> That's pretty, pretty deep. deep. Yeah, it's deep enough. Yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah, hey, let's bring books about souls and <laughs> thoughts and brain stuff. How about that, huh? A whole. Uh, so the theme would be like brain stuff. Brain stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Zombie. We both bring, both bring zombie books next week. Um, well, why don't you guys just tell me the books that you want to bring, and then we'll come up with a theme after the fact. Mm, that We've never done that before. <laughs> Maybe let's just flip this entire show on its head. Maybe just Absolutely. you guys just bring books, and I'll just come up with a theme. That sounds like way better. <laughs> Joe, what book are you going to bring? Yeah, so I'm going to bring a book that I first read when I pulled it randomly off my high school library when I was like 15 years old. Uh, it's called The Tao of Pooh. And Nick, Tao is spelled T-A-O, like the Eastern philosophy. Uh, do I have to say more? Pooh refers to Winnie the Pooh, not poop. Not poop. Not poop. Just I want to cut you off at the past, Nick. It is right. not the Tao of Poop. It is the Tao of Pooh. Okay, and and how disrespectful would it be if we did make a bunch of jokes? About- I think I think you could probably make like one at the top of the episode. And wait, then wait, wait, hold on. Go. What about huh? two? <laughs> Number two. One at the beginning, Nick, one at the end. Totally two. Nick, sure. Nick, we need to choose these carefully. What is? We can't waste. We can't waste <laughs> our waste. Good, 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 good. Uh, Ian, what book do you want to uh, bring? Is it going to be a stinker like Joe's? <laughs> okay, you're good. you're it. That's done. You're done. You're out. You've that offended. You've offended through a one billion people. <laughs> uh, I will bring us a, a book that I did not pull at random off any shelf. Thank you. Um, and if you mock find, it, though. you will not offend a billion people. So it's got that going for it, which is nice. I will bring Ursula Le Guin's book, The Dispossessed: colon, An Ambiguous Utopia. It is science fiction. It has big brain thoughts in it, and I am excited to see how it matches up with um, with uh, what Joe brings. Because, give me a second, 
Ursula Le Guin was Taoist in some of her thinking. Of course she was. Mm. I hereby proclaim next week's theme, Taoism. (laughs) Great. Let's do it. Perfect. What is your book name? My book is called The View from Saturday, which doesn't really tell you that much about my book. I thought you were going to say Saturn. No, no, that'd be a cool book. It'd be a very different book, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. What, is, uh, what is your book about? Planets? Mm, no, it's not. It's about... Um, my book is about a middle school quiz bowl team. Are you guys... I know you guys both have um, alternative educations. Are you familiar <laughs> with... <laughs> So, strange, strangely <laughs> interesting. How he said that. Yeah. Are Are you familiar with the phenomenon of quiz bowls? Or, or even if you're not, you might be able to kind of suss out what they are. Was this like trivia? I think this is a dish that Quiznos introduced in the late 2000s, late 20s, where it was like a normal sort of Quiznos sub, but it was mm-hmm. all blended up in a bowl. Oh, is that Wait, when they started they- serving the warm ones, the warm subs? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Nick, do you have the power to like mute Ian from where you are? I'm not sure how far your no. how far your powers extend. Yes, Joe. Yes, I do know what a quiz bowl is. Um some of my some students from my school are going to nationals in science bowl. Yeah, so so that yeah, science bowl is a good one. I think there's like geography bowls and stuff like that. Um you, you might have heard this called like an academic decathlon, depending on the branding of it. When I was in school, a kid, it was called Knowledge Masters Open. Uh, that apparently has been defunct since like 2013. Did you get a green coat for winning? <laughs> uh, so so this is, this book is about a sixth grade quiz bowl team, and it's about a dominant sixth grade quiz bowl team. Uh, not only has no, no quiz bowl team in the history of their fictional high school has ever even beat the seventh graders. I don't want to say too much, Nick, but right. they do a lot more than beat the seventh graders. Oh my gosh. Um, so, okay. Scary. So these kids are essentially rock stars mm-hmm. and set the scene for us, Joe. What, what time period is this? Is this, um, yep. This would be contemporary to when the book was written. So this is like kids that are in sixth grade in the 90s, which it actually just dawned on me. Like this book was written in 1996. Um, I was in sixth grade in 1996. Um, So I just realized that. Pretty cool. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening today. (laughs) Getting started on Taoism early. We're watching Joe's journey of self-discovery as a reader of children's literature. Wow. So, so Nick, is the main character's name Joe? <laughs> <laughs> so this book is it, it. It's really clever in the way it's designed, and I frankly think that the writers of the movie Slumdog Millionaire have some answering to do. Are you oh. guys familiar with how Slumdog Millionaire works? Like, like the basic premise of that show of that movie? It's basically that this guy gets on who wants to be a millionaire. And through some sort of long shot scenario, question after question, he lived out the question in reality and could yeah. somehow answer the questions live time that he in this long shot, you know, experienced the answer in his life. I just don't think that happened. I think I think they made that up. I don't mm. believe. But like well, a million I'll- monkeys in a billion rooms eating a billion mm-hmm. bananas looking at right. a billion typewriters, it's about it's bound to happen. Right. That monkey just, just got on the quiz bowl at the right time. So so Nick, that is kind of the structure of this book. Um you know, Slumdog it's, it's millionaire. Ne- 
it's basically Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, like, okay. It's not set in Sweet. India. It's set in New York State. Um, it's not a. Uh, it's not like an impoverished Indian man who's had a life of like torture and tremendous strife. It's a bunch <laughs> of like kind of entitled East Coast kids, but like they are. The structure of this book is we have this framing device that's like these quiz like championships, like these quiz bowl championships. Proctor, the the announcer, the the what do you call it? A moderator, maybe, would ask a question, and the and the basically narrator would be like, actually, little Jimmy, I guess I can use the names, uh, little Ethan did know the answer to that question. Let me tell you why. And they would go into a 20-page backstory of Ethan, his struggles, his own little journey that he's taken, how he knows exactly what calligraphy is. In this case, the question is about calligraphy, how exactly how he knows where calligraphy comes from. It shows him writing wedding invitations at his grandfather's wedding in which he has to learn calligraphy. And then it comes back to the quiz bowl with Ethan answering the question. Okay, but this is less this is less like Slumdog Millionaire Unrealistic, which I still don't believe it took place. I, th- I still think it's a kind of somewhat right, you fictional think story. It's a fictional story, of course. Yes. Um, but. That story is ridiculous because one person, all this stuff happened to, and he can get all the answers. This is just like an unpacking of the way that that sort of quiz or trivia teams work. Like you've got your sports guy, you've got your 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 tooth guy, you've got your your person who knows a lot about jumps. Yeah, those are called <laughs> just, dentists. Just jump. You have your jump guy, your jump jump man. Um, okay, so one of the questions. So, th- like at the center of these four kids, kind of like the person that they orbit around is this middle school teacher. Um, her name is Ava Malinsky. She's had this tragedy in her life. She was involved in a car accident where uh, she became paralyzed from the waist down, and her husband died um and she quits teaching for a little while she comes back to teaching and she puts together this quiz bowl team right oh, and put together a team is there a montage sequence in this oh boy there's not a montage sequence but in the film version of this there absolutely there would be is a for sure a hundred percent i'm willing to direct that <laughs> hey is there a rather difficult scene when one of the kids is taken behind the um game show uh stage and beaten mercilessly <laughs> yeah, Joe. Let's let's really pin down how much torture is in right, here. How much torture do they have to jump in into there? a toilet at any point? I'll stop referencing Slumdog Millionaire. We can just move on. Uh, the only torture in this book is the torture of what it feels like to be in sixth grade, which of course you guys <laughs> oh. remember, right? <laughs> like, uh, sixth grade. Yeah, that's that's one of the worst. Six through mm, eight. Didn't they th- call it? Didn't they? No, Nick. Weren't you such a superhero in in that time? They called it sixth grade. No, we'll cut that. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I cut my <laughs> some things I say too. Joke. I don't know why you would. Cut I feel like you cut fewer of yours like than ours. That was a stink berry. <laughs> Um, I'm digging the premise quite a bit. It reminds yeah. me of this movie I saw several years back. Um, sure. What? Uh, have you pretty much told us what everything that happens in the book? I think we okay. get it. They win. Yep, do I, they I, win? Of course I do they win, think... Ian. We don't have to read this book to know that they fucking crush it. Well, you guys don't know. Yes. I have, I've pretty much explained the premise of this book. Like just by explaining like the way that that works. We ask you a question. We get a 20 page backstory. We ask you a question. We get a 20 page backstory. What's the wackiest example you can give us? Yeah. The one. Okay. How wacky Before, does it get? Yeah. You know so what when I, mean? I answer that question, I actually... I want you to get a sense of how challenging these quiz ball questions actually are because this question, 
Yeah. Throughout the course of this, there's like 15 questions kind of asked throughout the course of the book, right? Like as part of the plot. I knew the answer as a 36 oh, year old. I'm glad to hear that. College at no, 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 no. Let me finish my sentence. Uh, you've okay, only okay. you've only heard the first part of the clause. Okay. As a 36 year old, like like <clears throat> master's degree, we don't all have doctorates in, right? Like like I have a doctorate. Educated person. Okay. Well, no, no, you don't. <laughs> I knew the answer to like Shut four up, of Joe. these. I'm trying to sound cool to our listeners. <laughs> I knew the answer to like four of these. So guys, I put together what I hope to be a very short game as part of oh, my time. Oh, yeah. Good. Double um, games. Because I think we've extended the plot as long as we can. Let's That's play exactly a game. it. This game is called Quiz Bowl. Um, there are four <laughs> categories. Physics, astronomy, movies. <laughs> this or, is going to be embarrassing. Or <laughs> Mormons. Uh, physics, astronomy, <laughs> movies, or Mormons. Are these, are you going to ask us questions from the book? Yeah. Um, so no, actually, I, I did look at asking you questions from the book, but instead I went to the National Academic Quiz Tournaments LLC. These are real questions, folks. Practice oh my God. packet. So if this. you were on a sixth grade team right now, oh, this is this what is you might get asked so embarrassing, quiz Ian. This you is ready? like, are you smarter than a fifth grader, but harder? Are you, are, you, are you smarter than the <laughs> smartest sixth grader? <laughs> That's exactly think, it. I think track records from this podcast suggest is not no, going to go well. We are not. No, we are not. All right. All right. Ask um, away. Nick. Uh, Nick, you of course get to choose first. Uh, the ants, the categories are physics, astronomy, movies, astronomy. Oh Mormons. shit. Movies, movies, movies. Oh my God. Movies. Uh, I heard astronomy. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right, Nick, this constellation, this is the question that would be asked of you as a sixth grader in front of an auditorium full of people. This constellation contains the Horsehead nebula and the brightest super giant in the night sky. This constellation contains the Horsehead Nebula and the brightest supergiant in the bright in the night sky. That would be the Horseberry Nebula. <laughs> very, very good, um, Ian. I, in the interest of brevity, I will not give you a chance to steal. Uh, the correct answer is Orion. Uh, Orion, of course. I have, I have a, no idea. A nice Irish chap. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ian, the remaining categories yes. are physics, movies, or Mormons. Uh, Mormons, please. Five hundred. <laughs> great choice, Ian. <laughs> right, Ian. Name this religious leader who succeeded Smith, Joseph Smith, as head of the American church. Name this religious uh, leader who succeeded Joseph Smith as head of the American church. This is a question in, in this. I'm sorry. Are these quiz bowls like religious in, in foundation? So no, super is good question. This is, yeah, how is that history? Uh, ding, 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 ding. Ian, congratulations. Uh, Mormon, you get a point. Dude, Mormon settlement was huge in the West. I, I mean, okay, but like there's a Hulu documentary called Under the Banner of Heaven about Mormons okay. right now. It's on Hulu. All right. Yeah, Pro Mormon. I'm just, I'm not ripping on Mormons. I'm just saying it seems like just a religious question. Is, so this, a Mormon, like, is this a Mormon based Activity. I think so there's actually this moment in the book um, where this kid is like, where, where, the, where the teacher was telling this kid like, hey, I really think you have to brush up on your Bible questions, right? Like, I don't think you know a lot about the Bible. And the kid's like, this is a public, uni- this is a public high school competition in New York. Nobody's going to ask me Bible questions. Like that invites a lawsuit. And then of course, like they do get Bible questions and Quran questions and things like that. Um, uh, okay. It, fascinating. Let's keep going. I'd like to yep, pick Ian, movies now. Ian, congratulations. You have a point. Um, Good job, Nick, Ian. there's two remaining categories, physics and movies. I, I already said movies. All right. A movie subtitled Skull Island featured this giant King Kong. Okay. Congratulations. Uh, that's, that's, Ian, that's incorrect. Ian, for that's the not win. incorrect. It's, it, it's no, called, but, no, it's not called King Kong Skull Island. It's called Kong Skull Island. 
Well, the answer on my sheet says King Kong. So Nick, you can. Uh, no, there was a whole thing about it. Okay, I don't know what to they tell you. They couldn't call I, it King Kong. Yeah, look, look at the it. sheet. It One says second. King Kong. Look at the sheet. The sheet's wrong. I don't know where it is. Uh, the sheet never uh, lies, Ian. You've <laughs> been disqualified. The sheet isn't wrong. <laughs> Ian, for the win, physics. Name this field of physics. Its second law states that the total disorder of the universe never decreases. Never decreases. I'm sorry. Name this field of physics. Its second law states that the total disorder in the universe never decreases. <laughs> it's so much harder than mine was. <laughs> <laughs> thermodynamics. Yeah, Ian for the win. Thermodynamics. Oh my God. Well done. Um, it reminds me of Bill Bryson in a short history of nearly everything. He quotes, uh, <laughs> he quotes somebody that says, look, if you disagree with like gravity, if you disagree with like Einstein's theory of relativity, you might be right. Right. Like, like you might be right. Those things are not like, like hard and fast. The science around you're going to say you might be a redneck. If you disagree with thermodynamics, though, you might be a redneck. No hope for you. (laughs) So like, like these kids compete in quiz bowl. There's super tough questions throughout the book. There's this kind of cool structure where you get like the backstories of each one of these kids and how they know to answer the questions that they answer. Um, Nick, the toughest question I thought was about the um, the, do you know what the Sargasso Sea is? Hmm. That actually I, does I, sound familiar. Okay. Two but interesting things. That's about the this. extent of my knowledge. <laughs> Ian, do you know what the Sargasso Sea is? It's a patch of floating weed somewhere in not, not weed, but weed. Marijuana. Yeah. It's a patch of floating marijuana. It's an <laughs> extremely rare aquatic marijuana. The kids patch. call it herbs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. The um, Sargasso Sea. I had never heard of this before. Oh, sarcasm. But this is apparently... This is apparently where sea turtles go. Like when you see all those documentaries of like the baby sea turtles leap, like crawling on the beach and getting wiped out by the waves. Apparently the place that they go is the Sargasso Sea where they eat like little bugs and marine life out of the seaweed for years and years and years until they become like fully blown tortoises and and that. Um, What blew my mind about this is when I was kind of researching around this, when I was reading around this, I found an article from 2021 that was titled like, Hey, we finally figured out where sea turtles go. Like we know where sea turtles go. They go to the Sargasso sea. We put GPS devices on them. We track them (laughs) by satellites. We know that they go to the Sargasso sea. And I was like, I just read a book from 1996 for children that said the same thing. You were (laughs) kind of living out your premise. Mm -hmm. How beautiful. So that was probably like, this is fascinating. So this is where, so sargasm, which is like, if you go to the Caribbean and that's all the stuff that washes up on the shore, this is where it comes from. It must. This is fascinating. There you go, Nick. Well done. All right, Nick, the final reason that I thought this book was interesting is this. You've heard of Oscar bait movies. Like, like, have you heard this phrase before? Oscar bait? Yes. This is when, um, you know, all the Oscar tropes, right? You have to, you know, character driven, some sort of conflict, blah, blah, blah. You you got it. Like these are released in Oscar season, like these epic length period dramas, character driven, a lot of like tragedy, historical events, right? Nick, I think this book written by lovely author E.L. Queensberg is Newberry Bait. And the reason I think it's Newberry Bait. (laughs) The reason I think it's Newberry Bait. Joe's shooting himself in the foot for his last point. Keep going, Joe. (laughs) The reason I think it's Newberry Bait is because this book feels perfectly tailored for the type of people that might make up a Newberry selection panel. (laughs) Yeah. 
Is this your own theory or one that you found on the internet? No, th- this is t- 100% my theory. You've heard it here first, uh, Lidheads. Let me make um, let me make a quick argument here. This panel is made up of librarians. It's made up of teachers. It's made up of children's book publishers. This book features like these super intelligent and precocious kids who are just like your ideal student. They're like super calm and inquisitive. These kids literally, Nick, can't practice for quiz bowl on sun on Saturdays because they all get together and drink tea, right? And like chat. <laughs> that sounds nice. Mm-hmm. Teaching in this book, like the art of teaching, like the act of teaching is put up on this pedestal at like, is almost like this holy privilege. At one point, the teacher is scolding a child, like, like a misbehaving child. And she's talking to him about like this, like the sanctity of teaching and how like, blah, blah, blah. And it's almost disgusting. It's so like, at first you almost assume it's like sarcasm, but it's almost gross where you're like, oh, do you really think that about teaching? <laughs> um, it deals with a lot of adult issues from kids' points of views. There's a divorce, there's death, there's disability, there's widowhood, there's a dog that, you know, may or may there's not a dog, die. Dog. Classic adult yep. issue right there. That's uh, dog that, p- p- total pandering. A dog? Everybody <laughs> likes those. Everybody <laughs> likes them. And like the teacher herself, Nick, in this book is at one point hoisted onto the shoulders of the kids. Oh boy. Keep in mind, this yeah. teacher is a paraplegic in a wheelchair. So that means that the teacher with her wheelchair is hoisted onto the shoulder of these kids. Nick, I think this book is Newberry bait. I think Yale Koingsberg was getting late in her career and was pissed about not winning the Newberry for Basilie Frankweiler or let's be real, winning the You Don't Know Lit Week where uh, Basilie Frankweiler was brought. And she said, look, I'm going to write a book that these Newberry punks can't ignore. Joe, yes. did y'all ever read? Did y'all ever read a book called or see a movie called Dead Poets Society? Oh yeah, Dead Poets Society. Oh, oh, Captain, my Captain. Do you feel like, to some extent, this is? Uh, I mean, you said lifting onto the shoulders, and I immediately thought of <laughs> this. Feels like a weak argument, Joe. Okay, well. What's wrong with celebrating teachers? We do I that every week on You Don't Know Lit. Yeah, we Joe, do, do you, do you want to condemn teachers? Joe's like, we're not that great. We don't give a shit about students. <laughs> no, but this book, it just felt like so perfectly tailored for a Newberry audience. Right. right? Like When like, it works so well, you're like suspicious of it. This is yeah, working that's exactly too well. It, it yeah. works so well, it's you're suspicious of it. With that said, like, I really dug this book. Like, I think this would be a great book to read out loud to like your fourth fifth grade kid right like it's kind of in that neighborhood maybe your fourth fifth grade kid who's been having some issues with yeah. disrespecting their teacher oh. sure yeah maybe <laughs> let me tell you what heroes teachers are um <laughs> they looked at what the most common elements of what they considered like oscar bait movies are and mm. they they hit on a lot of stuff that we've talked about right like political intrigue disabilities character driven war crimes etc right but in that same study they also looked at um what movies were least likely to win Oscars, like what keywords they could put into their algorithm that would be like, yep, this thing is not going to win an Oscar. (laughs) Was it words like fast and furious? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The top three results were zombie. Yep. That makes sense. Breast implant. (laughs) (laughs) What movie has had the word breast implant? Okay. (laughs) And the final result, black independent film. Oh. oh yeah and problematic so. all right let's just end on that note <laughs> speaking of downers 
Yeah, Ian, you lose. Uh, Joe, despite your best effort, uh, I do. <laughs> I am quite uh, interested in this book, um, mostly for just the pettiness of trying to figure out if this is a complete ripoff uh, of Slumdog uh, Slum Millionaire. millionaire. Or, or uh, to be clear, versa, I think Slumdog Millionaire would be a ripoff of this. Yes, thank First you. First FISA. Um, Ian, tell us about your shame that you're feeling right now. <laughs> Lidheads, if you'd like to support the show, head on over to you don't know that podcast.com and submit a book or a theme. We're working through those themes and books. You Can we get a dot edu since you guys are teachers? No. Working through <laughs> the nice. um, submissions you've generously offered us and they lead us to fun books like uh, the a year down yonder and whatever it is that Nick brought. Um, whatever. It I is didn't bring Joe anything. Brought. Um, you can also click the the fancy button there that says get a sticker and you can represent you don't know lit. That's a new button. You can represent you don't know lit swag uh, by pasting stickers on all kinds of surfaces where stickers do and don't belong. <laughs> we do encourage that. Yeah, absolutely. Graffiti. Is it called graffiti <laughs> if it's stickers? Try ruining some things this week. <laughs> <laughs> In the name of the show. If- if you'd like to tell a friend about the show, we'd really appreciate that. Um, we are kind of uh, uh, Newberry bait ourselves. Right. Um, in a certain way. And um, we would love to to share our nerdiness with the world of nerds. And I'll just drop a plug for my book that is still for sale and it's still great. Uh, I co-edited the Royal Shakespeare Company's Complete Works of William Shakespeare. You can get that at bloomsbury.co.uk or um, and really, really anywhere. It's, it's on Amazon. It's on Target. Like, just go find yourself a copy. I did some work on that, and I'm very, very proud of it. It's a huge book, and it's out in the world, and it's delightful that it exists as a physical thing. How many pages is it? Uh, thousands. Congratulations <laughs> to... Mrs. E.A. Koningsberg winning where she doesn't deserve it as always. (laughs) Congratulations to you, Joe. Um, My quote this week, and there's only a little bit of background that you need to know. This is happening at one of the quiz bowl competitions um, that they compete at. There are several throughout this book. And there is a man moderating the competition who is a middle school principal who's an absolute like bumbling fool. Uh, Just something else that I think would appeal to the teachers and librarians that this book is clearly designed for. Uh, He has recently pronounced the word, uh, he has recently mispronounced the word Geronimo as J. Nemo. Uh, and that's what kicks me off. Dr. Romer hoped that nobody would notice, and no one on the Knightsbridge team did. Fact, they could not answer the question. Then it was the soul's turn to answer, and Julian corrected Mr. Fairbane. Uh, with all due respect, sir, I believe that one of the men who you speak of is Geronimo, a member of the Apache cri- tribe. Poor Mr. Fabian. He looked out at the card, squinted, read it, and said, yes, indeed, you're right, young man. Good for you. He caught Dr. Romer's eye, and he knew he had done something wrong. He laughed nervously, and he said, say, you look like a bit of an Indian yourself. Julian smiled. I'm a hybrid. I'm part of what is called East Indian. Well, now that's special, Mr. Fabian said, smiling and looking at the audience and waiting to reinforce his compliment. What's your tribe? Dr. Romer paled to the point of translucence, and the audience gasped. Everyone, even those who had not had the diversity training that taxpayer expense, knew that even though it was correct to recognize a person's ethnicity, it was not correct to comment upon it in public. Uh, 
Mrs. Alinsky thought Dr. Romer would have to be taken out in a stretcher. Mr. Fabian noticed Dr. Romer's sudden anemia and without knowing what he had done wrong, but knowing it was something, he said, uh, it's all very interesting, young man, but I'm afraid we must move along. Can you answer the question or not? I can, sir, Julian replied. And he did. His answer put Epiphany ahead. They had to answer one more question. What is the origin of the phrase to meet one's Waterloo and what does it mean? There was a clear, bright gleam in Ethan's eyes. He concluded his answer with, to meet one's Waterloo means to suffer a crushing defeat. Crushing applause followed a nanosecond of crushing silence. Everyone clapped, but not the sixth grade sentinels who lined the walls. Instead, upon a signal from Michael, they took out of their pockets a piece of rope which they pinned to their shirts in place of where a medal would go. When the souls came down off the stage, they stood four abreast behind Mr. Mrs. Alinsky's wheelchair and pushed her toward the back of the room where the sixth graders converged and formed a phalanx and lifted her, wheelchair and all, onto their shoulders and carried her out of the building into the parking lot. Cool. <laughs> yeah, Sounds yeah. great. That was, a, that, was, that was a good good book. Yeah. <laughs>